You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Belinda Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. What a privilege to come into God's presence this morning and to spend some time in His Word and spend some time with these people. Amen. It's loving God, loving people. We come together to love our God, and we come together to love each other as men and women of God. This morning, I'm going to be speaking to you on a title, You Are One of a Kind. But before I do that, can we just take a moment to acknowledge the precious Holy Spirit? Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning, Lord. And we are so dependent upon you, Father to do what you want to do, Father. We come and we lay down our agendas, we lay down our thoughts, we lay down our plans, Father, and we say, Jesus, have your will and have your way. Even as I speak your words, Father, may your voice be upon my voice, and may your precious people hear your heart for them this morning, Lord. Enlighten our eyes to see what you are saying this morning in Jesus' mighty name. We place the words that come out of my mouth in your hands, Father. And we say, Holy Spirit, take them further, take them deeper, take them wider, take them higher than what I can ever take them, Lord. We acknowledge you, Jesus. We acknowledge you, Father. And we acknowledge you, precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So I'm going to be speaking to you this morning on you are one of a kind. And you will wonder why the the pulpit is on the one side this morning. You're going to pretty soon see why we've done this. Because we've got some exceptional individuals to introduce to you this morning. Amen. We're going to have fun in the presence of the Lord. And we're going to realize what God says about us is so much more than what we could ever imagine. I want you to look around. You are one of a kind. Look around and see that there are people around you with curly hair and with straight hair. There are those with dark hair and there are those that are blonde. There are taller people around you and there are shorter people around you. Look around. Look at the church this morning. Look at your brothers and sisters. Amen. And there are people with brown eyes, blue eyes, and green eyes, and everything in between. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are an original. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you are an original. Turn to your other neighbor and say, there will never be another person like you. I want you to do one more thing. Turn to one more person and say, you can never be replaced. Let's give God a hand for that. Amen. You are a product of Almighty God and have been put together for a specific destiny. Amen. You carry the DNA of God's image and have God's unique gifting on the inside of you to succeed. Can I say that again? You carry the DNA of Jesus Christ image on the inside of you and you have God's unique gifting and success implanted on the inside of you. Do you believe that this morning? Job 33 verse 4 says, the Spirit of God has made me and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. 
Job 12 verse 10 says, the life of every living thing is in his hands, as well as the breath of all mankind. Stick with me this morning, church. God has given me a message for you, which I believe if you take it to heart, it will change your life because you will start seeing yourself as a success, amen? We're gonna take a journey this morning into the lives of the 12 disciples that Jesus handpicked for his time on earth. We're gonna look at who they were, their personality traits, their temperaments, what they were meant to do in ministry and how they did it. Are you ready for this church? Mostly, we are going to see the extraordinary difference the presence of Jesus made in each one of their lives. Can you please help me put your hands together to welcome our disciples on platform this morning. Can we give them a greater hand of applause? Come on church, they need your hand claps this morning. So welcome to Jesus' 12 plus 1 disciples, because we know when Judas fell away, there was a new disciple appointed. So these are the 12 plus 1 men I've chosen to represent different characteristics, different traits, different personalities, and we're going to look at each one of them this morning, and you are going to learn something extraordinary. You are going to learn that it doesn't matter what temperament you have, doesn't matter what personality you have, doesn't matter what your weaknesses or your failures are, you are still God's choice. Are you with me this morning, church? It doesn't matter what your weaknesses and strengths are. In the hands of the Almighty God, you can do and become who God has called you to become. Amen? When I started studying these men, my heart was pulled into 15 different directions because I was so taken aback that so many men of different backgrounds, temperaments, strengths, weaknesses can actually finish strong when they are touched by the presence of Jesus. This just tells us we have no excuse. Amen? Once we've gone through these 12 men, these 13 men, Matthias, I'm aware of you, we are going to see that there is no excuse to serve Jesus and to become who Jesus has made you to become. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are one of a kind. Amen. You can bring Judas's chair up. Judas has got a bit of a temperament here. He wants to sit, so we're just going to give him a chair so um, that he can be comfortable for this sermon today. Are you okay, Judas? So first, I want to speak about Simon. He's right on the edge there. He's also known as Peter the Rock. Peter came from Bethsaida and was often the spokesperson for the group. He was strong-willed. He was impulsive. He was quick to speak. He was outgoing and he was a bit reckless. Can you see anything of those temperaments in yourself in Peter this morning? Amen. He saw Jesus walk on water. He defended him in Gethsemane. He denied him at the crucifixion. And he returned to become the rock the church was built upon. Peter held a firm belief in the teachings of Christ. Historical evidence points to Peter being martyred by being crucified upside down in Rome. He wanted this kind of crucifixion 
because he did not feel worthy to die the same way as his Jesus had died. Can we see a Peter in the room this morning? Are there Peters in the room? I think I sometimes play in that movie, amen? The next disciple is Andrew. He's Peter's brother. Andrew also came from Bethsaida and served as an early disciple of John while living as a fisherman. He was very thoughtful, he was faithful, and he was a humble leader. He typically lived in his brother's shadow. Imagine having a brother that was so strong, amen, and outspoken. But we see that he doesn't carry resentment or bitterness because of this, because we actually find him going to his brother to share the good news. He spends his life spreading the gospel as a passionate preacher and contributing greatly to the early church. It is believed that Andrew, like Peter, was crucified on an X-shaped cross because he never felt worthy to die on the cross that his Jesus had died upon. This crucifixion lasted for three days and this disciple church never stopped preaching until his last breath. Can we give the Lord a hand for him? James, the son of Zebedee. James came from Galilee and was known as the son of Zebedee. There is evidence that he was a man of wealth because he was able to hire enough servants to look after his fishing business. He was known as a man of intense passion and zeal and was pretty strong-willed. Who's strong-willed in the house today? He had a stormy personality and wanted to call down fire on those opposed to Jesus. I'm gonna be telling you how they encountered Jesus because that is gonna show you in the end how every encounter was so unique and so different, but so necessary for every character, amen? He was often nicknamed with his brother John as the sons of Thunder, can you imagine what character he had to have to be called a son of thunder? He was present along with Peter and John when Jesus went into Jairus' daughter's room and raised her from the dead. He witnessed the transfiguration on the Mount of Olives and he was also in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was praying before he gave his life for you and me. James was the first disciple to be martyred and he was killed by the sword and he's the only disciple to have his martyrdom been recorded in the Bible. You can go look at these scripture references. I'm not gonna read everyone because we have many disciples to get through. Is that okay? So let's give a hand to James. The next precious disciple we look at is John. John was the younger brother of James and also a fisherman, and he's known to have written five books of the Bible. John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelation. He was passionate and known as the apostle of love. He was a servant, humble, brave, and trustworthy because Jesus in his final moments looked at John from the cross and said, will you look after my mother? That tells us that John had some beautiful characteristics in him. John wrote more about love in the New Testament than any other author. And John and Peter discovered the empty tomb the day Jesus was resurrected. John never died a martyr's death. 
He was exiled to the island of Patmos and later was allowed to return to Ephesus where he governed churches in Asia until his death. Can we give John a hand? Amen. I'm sure as I speak this morning that you can see yourself in one of these disciples because each of these disciples have something that tells you this could be me. Amen. Our next disciple is Philip. Philip was born in Bethsaida, like Peter and Andrew, and he was an inquisitive man of reasoning. Lots of reasoning. However, once he found Jesus, he was quick and anxious to share Jesus with his friend Nathaniel Bartholomew. Amen? These two are often named together and are thought to have studied the Old Testament together. Jesus asked Philip, the day where the crowd was gathered and there was no food, he asked Philip where they should buy bread. What was that that Jesus was trying to teach Philip in that moment? We know very little about Philip, but it is believed that he died the death of a Christian martyr, either by being stoned or crucified. Nathaniel Bartholomew, he was the friend of Philip. Commonly known as Bartholomew, he came from Cana in Galilee. He was brought to Christ by Philip and voiced his doubts. Is there someone that actually has voiced their doubts? Is there something in this disciple that's speaking to you this morning? He was brought to Christ by Philip and voiced his doubts, but he was known as a composed, honest man. Hallelujah. He's not referred to much in detail, but it's believed that he died a death as a martyr, probably by being beaten, skinned, or crucified. Because of his firm beliefs and his intent on spreading the words of Christ, even Bartholomew could choose Christ till the end. You see, church, you don't realize it, but every one of these men knew what crucifixion was about. Many of these men had run away when Jesus was crucified. Many of these never even sat at the cross at the time of their master's death. But the impact that Jesus had on their lives turned their characters into something exceptional because even in the end, two of them didn't even want to die the way that Jesus had died because they felt that they were unworthy to stand on a cross in the way their master stood on a cross. What an extraordinary difference the presence of Jesus has on us. Amen. Thomas. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. He's usually nicknamed Doubting Thomas, right? But when I started studying Thomas, I saw so many beautiful other things in Thomas's life. Thomas was outgoing. He was a skeptic, but also a pessimist. Jesus mentions Thomas in John 11, verse 16. Lazarus had died and the disciples feared for the life of Jesus and themselves if they had gone back to Bethany. Thomas actually speaks up in that moment. And he says, let us go that we may die with you, Jesus. Did you know that about Thomas? Everybody labels you on your worst day. But that is not who you are, church. You are not your worst day. You have the DNA of Jesus Christ running in your veins. Amen. So we look at Thomas and we label Thomas as doubtful Thomas. But Thomas actually was the one that said, Jesus, let's go. And if we have to die with you, that's okay. I will die with you. Here we see the character quality of courage 
and loyalty to Christ, a quality not often given to Thomas. If you've been labeled this morning, if somebody has said to you, you are this and this and this, and it's not written in scripture, can we pull that label off this morning? Because you are not that that does not come from the heart of God. If it comes from God, if God has said it, if God has spoken it, if God has declared it, that is who you are. Amen? Thomas, after he saw Jesus, and Jesus was so kind to actually meet him in his questioning and let him put his fingers in his hands. He said, my Lord and my God. If you doubt in here this morning and you maybe see yourself in Thomas, I want to tell you, inside of Thomas, along with all that doubt, was enough belief to say, my Lord and my God. It's a surrender, church. It's a surrender of our strengths. It's a surrender of our weaknesses. It's a surrender of everything we are coming in line with everything that God is. Amen? Tradition strongly suggests that Thomas started the church in India. It is believed that he also died a martyr's death by being stabbed with a spear. But we cannot verify this. Thomas, doubtful Thomas, courageous Thomas, Thomas that put his hand into the hands of Jesus, decided to give his life for the gospel, for the spreading of the news, and died a death because of his Jesus. Can you see how our flaws, our impossibilities, everything we hate about ourselves can become something so beautiful in the hands of Jesus? You know what? If you're doubting this morning, go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need an encounter with you. I need an encounter with you. Amen. The next disciple is Matthew. Aren't the disciples incredible? And they're doing such a phenomenal job. Thank you so much. Matthew is our tax collector. Now, it is unusual to have chosen a disciple as a tax collector because most of the disciples were fishermen, right? So as a tax collector, Matthew was seen as filth among people and classified as the lowest of low for working alongside the Romans to collect taxes. Amen? During his time, many tax collectors were very dishonest. So they would go take extra money to put in their own pockets. Imagine what label Matthew had to walk around with even after he knew Jesus Christ. Matthew was particularly self-absorbed at the time Jesus called him. But after meeting Jesus, Matthew forgot about being self-centered. He became open-minded and began to consider others. Does this not tell us that anything in our lives that's not of Jesus, when we place it in the hands of Jesus, it can change? It can change. Matthew brought the gospel to Ethiopia and Egypt, and later it's believed that he was also killed with a spear because of Jesus. The same disciples that ran away from Jesus when he was being crucified were laying their lives down for Jesus. Because the same DNA that ran through Jesus' veins ran through every single one of these people's veins right through his ministry. Amen. They just didn't get a chance to see who they were. They didn't get a chance to experience who they were. They didn't get a chance to see the courage that they had until it came to that storm. And in that storm, guess what? They chose Jesus. Our next person is James. 
James, son of Alphaeus. James was the son of Alphaeus and was described as a leader and a pillar who held a reliable and dependable character. James was somewhat in the background, but he was trained and used for Christ in a powerful way. This morning, you might be in the background. You might have a more timid, shyer nature. God doesn't just choose the extroverts. Can I say that again? God doesn't just choose the extroverts. God has a place for every single personality trait in his kingdom, amen? And if you are one of those people that are more quiet and in the background, guess what? God still has a destiny and a purpose for you and you can still do wonderful things for Jesus Christ just like James, amen? He furthered the kingdom as a valuable member of the team. The team is only as strong as the weakest link. And these disciples were all together serving Jesus Christ. Tradition tells us that James was either crucified in Sinai or pushed off the pinnacle of the temple while he was preaching in Jerusalem. A timid, shy disciple who stood at the back became a voice for Jesus Christ. What excuse do you have this morning? What excuse do we have for Jesus Christ this morning? No excuse, church. Our 10th disciple is Thaddeus, also known as Judas, but not the betrayer. The betrayer is sitting here enjoying his seat while I'm preaching because he does not want to stand this morning. Amen. So Thaddeus lived in obscurity as one of the 12, and he's sometimes referred to as the mystery apostle. Does somebody carry a mystery in the building this morning? I want to tell you there's a place for you in God's kingdom because there's nobody quite like you this morning. Amen. So he lived in obscurity and was somewhat a mystery apostle. He's also believed to have a gentle soul, just like our gift does, and also was tender and had a childlike heart. Do you see when you're gentle and kind, you can also be used in God's kingdom? God is not just looking for those outspoken. He's looking for every single personality trait that you see in this line this morning. Have you seen yourself somewhere? And you know what? We've only brought out a few character traits, some better, some worse. All of them had strengths. All of them had weaknesses. All of them carried the DNA of Christ. And all of that was enough for them to die for Jesus Christ. Amen? He asked Jesus a question. He said, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus responds to him by saying, he would reveal himself to anyone who loved him. Do you love Jesus this morning? Because if you love Jesus, you fall into that category that says, if you love me, I will reveal myself to you. This is God's words to you this morning, church. Jesus responded and he said, I will reveal myself to anyone who loves me. This is the conversation he had with this young man. It is believed that he took the gospel to northern Edessa and was martyred by either being clubbed, axed, or crucified for his faith on his missionary journey with Simon the Zealot. A gentle, kind character can still make such an impact in the world. 
Because his life is not dependent on who he is. His life is not dependent on the label put on him. His life is dependent on the power of Jesus Christ on the inside of him. Our next disciple is Simon. Simon the Zealot. Simon was probably a political activist in his younger years and bent on supporting a revolution to overthrow Rome. Are you learning something this morning, church? Is this helping you? He was a man of fierce loyalty. He had an amazing passion. He had courage and he had enthusiasm. But Simon believed the truth and embraced Jesus Christ as his Lord. The fierce fire he once had for a revolution was now expressed in his devotion for Jesus Christ. Tradition says that after preaching on the west coast of Africa, Simon ended up being crucified for his Jesus. Amen. Now we get to Judas. Judas Iscariot. Nothing was known about this man. We don't see his background or his encounter or how he was called by Jesus recorded in scripture. I have looked for Judas, Judas is missing, amen. But we know he walked with Jesus for three years of his life, but he didn't give his heart to Jesus. Jesus knew this. Is that you this morning? Are you walking with Jesus but don't really know him? Judas was the disciple who betrayed Jesus wearing the mask of a friend. He kissed him, called him friend, and took 30 pieces of silver. Who are we here this morning that maybe go to Jesus? We kiss Jesus, we love Jesus, we serve Jesus. But when Jesus has given us everything we need and all the money we need, we walk away from him. May God grant us the grace not to be that person, amen? To not just seek the gift, but to seek the giver. To not just seek the healing, but to seek the healer. To not just seek the deliverance, but to seek the deliverer. Don't kiss Jesus and walk away from him. <laughs> Judas held greed and selfishness in his hard heart. After walking with Jesus for three years, the hard heart didn't allow him to finish strong. The battle of all ages is fought in the heart, church. And that is where your battle is won. Turn to your neighbor and say, the battle is in your heart. Judas was hungry for power and would rather run after money than Jesus. May we check our hearts this morning that our, our passion, our desires, our everything is based upon Jesus, not on what we can get from him this morning. Amen. If Jesus did nothing more for you today, would you still serve him? Or are you serving him to get something from him? Let's not be Judas Church. He was a hypocrite and chose things above his purpose and his calling. His purpose and his calling was to end strong. His purpose and his calling was to fulfill the mission that Jesus had for him. Like all the other disciples, Judas also had a mission. Judas also had something that he had to do for the kingdom. But he chose himself. Let's not choose ourselves when it comes to the kingdom, church. Let's not choose ourselves. Judas enjoyed the privilege of Christ. But he was 
not familiar with the ways of Christ, and he still chose money. Judas was a traitor, and he ended his life by committing suicide. Some say he hung himself, and others say he jumped off a cliff. How did that love for money work out for him, church? Can anything on this earth compare to a love for Jesus Christ? If I'm speaking to you this morning, you can just double blink. We're not going to lift up our hands now because this is a place where we all can search our hearts. Because money is the only thing that Jesus ever compares himself to. Do you know that, church? It's the only thing that Jesus compares himself to. He says, can you serve two masters? You cannot serve me and money. You cannot serve me and what you want. It's me and me alone. Amen. Thank you, Judas. You may have a seat again. Our last disciple is Matthias. And he's the disciple that replaced Judas once Judas was removed from the building. Amen. Matthias means gift of Yahweh and was the only disciple not personally called by Jesus. He was chosen to replace the betrayer shortly after Jesus was crucified by casting lots. So this was an ancient practice that was done to discern God's will after prayer. Matthias was a very patient, enduring, and loyal man because he was chosen because he had been following Jesus since the baptism of John the Baptist. He had been between this group of people in the background all the time. And he had witnessed Jesus' ascension to heaven. Are you still with me this morning, church? Some traditions claim that he died as a martyr by being stoned. Can we give Matthias a hand? So what can we learn from these disciples? Thank you, Matthias. What can we learn from these disciples? There is no competition in destiny. There is no competition in destiny. Can I say that again? There is no competition in destiny. Comparing leads to despairing. How can you compare one of these disciples' lives with another? How can you compare what Jesus did for one to another? How can you compare who they were to another? They weren't born on the same day. They never died on the same day. They weren't born the same way. They didn't die the same way. So how can you compare them? Amen? And it's the same with you, church. How can you compare yourself to anybody around you? Were you born the same day? Did you come from the same city? Did you experience the same revelation of Jesus? And is Jesus in your world the same as Jesus is in the partner next to you? No. There is no competition in destiny. God had a destiny for each and every one of these. Amen? Each and every one of these. His encounter, which each and every one of these was different. His words for each and every one of these were different. Even the situation he took them in was different for each and every one of them. Some were allowed in with Jairus when he raised her from the dead. Others were allowed with him at Lazarus's tomb. When he went to Gethsemane, he chose a handful of disciples to go pray for him to go pray for him and with him. They all had different personalities. And Jesus Christ took the time to train them for three years. Because in those three years, they had enough in them to change their worlds. We have training from Jesus Christ every single day. 
When we open our Bibles, Jesus is training you. When you come to church on a Sunday, you're getting training in the ways of God that you too can finish strong. Doesn't matter what temperament you have, personality you have, or even the style of your clothing, Jesus has a plan for your life. By the world's standards, these 12 appeared to be ordinary people. Who would have chosen these 12? They weren't the strongest, they weren't the best, they weren't the, the brightest, but they became instruments in the hands of Jesus. You don't have to be the best, you don't have to be the smartest, you don't have to be the brightest, you don't have to be any of these things to be chosen by God Almighty, amen? I hope I speak into your heart this morning and put a sign there that said you have the DNA of Jesus Christ on the inside of you and that DNA is loaded with success. They had their own mission and they had their own challenges and they heard their own callings and they all died a different death, some similar but in different places for Jesus Christ. Jesus chose them for a purpose, and this purpose was to fan the flame of the gospel to be spread across the earth. God chose regular people to carry out an extraordinary plan. Are you a regular person? Can I see who's regular in the building this morning? I have my hand right up there. God has a plan for you. Every disciple, including Judas, died and finished, but Judas finished in a different way. Because Judas spent three years with Jesus. And in those three years with Jesus, Jesus was not enough for Judas. How long are you spending with Jesus? And is Jesus enough for you? Do you want Jesus above anything in this world? Do you want Jesus above your healing? If you had to stand in this miracle service today and say, Jesus or healing, who would take Jesus even at the cost of your healing? If you had to choose Jesus or your blessing, would you choose Jesus? If you had to choose Jesus or your deliverance, would you take Jesus? These are sobering questions to put through our hearts this morning, amen? You are unique. And in the hands of Jesus, you're a miracle waiting to happen. You're a miracle waiting to happen. You're a miracle waiting to happen in somebody's life. You're a miracle waiting to happen to change a world. You're a miracle waiting to change a destiny, a purpose of somebody around you this morning. You have everything on the inside of you to succeed. Your strengths and your weaknesses are never an excuse to live the best life ever. Can I say that again? Your strengths and your weaknesses can be your poison. Your strength can be your poison just as much as your weakness can be your poison. But in the hands of God, it doesn't become poison. It becomes something very precious and a miracle is waiting to happen. Amen? There's a few things that these disciples could have learned from Jesus. I'm just going to touch on a few. I'm almost done. Just stick with me. Amen. The first thing is that Jesus never took setback personally. Do you take setback personally? If our Lord and Savior had to take insults, false accusations, be called a demon and a glutton, how much more would we maybe be called that as his servants? Amen? 
Countless accusations were hurled at Jesus, but it never affected him because Jesus knew who he was. Do you know who you are? He understood his purpose and he kept his focus. He understood the heart of man so well, but he also understood his enemy. So Jesus kept his focus. Jesus loved what he was doing. You know, because Jesus kept his focus, we could live the lives we live today. Because Jesus never broke his focus, we can live the lives we live today. Because Jesus stayed put on his destiny, on his calling, we can live the lives we live today. Jesus loved what he was doing. When you are doing what you really love, nothing can stop you. Amen. When you love Jesus, nothing he asks you is too much or too little for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you love Jesus? If you love what you're doing, the opposition, the criticism, the per persecution, the intimidation, the name calling, the slanderous remarks, don't even affect you because that is not you. You have the DNA of Jesus Christ on the inside of your veins because when Jesus made you, he made you in his likeness and in his image. And that means that success is running through your veins every second of every day, every millisecond of every day, every moment of every day, and every second you are alive. You have success running through your veins. You have, you can do this running through your veins. You have the price was paid running through your veins. You have, you are going over and not under running through your veins. You have a father that loves you running through your veins this morning, church. This is the God we serve. Jesus knew who his father was and he trusted his love for him. When you know who you are and who God says you are, you walk differently. When you walk, you walk like somebody that knows they are walking with the Lord. When you speak, you speak like somebody who knows I'm speaking from the heart of God. When you look, you look differently and you don't look at things that you know your father wouldn't look because guess what? The DNA is running through your eyes too. When you encounter someone, you get pushed. The love of God pushes them back. We are celebrating today because focus was not broken. I hope by the end of the sermon, I have you on your feet because I'm trying really hard to change your mindset of who you think you are. Because all you see are the failures in the disciples sometimes. All you see is the failure in your life sometimes. But you are not that failure. That is just something that you did. But it is not your personality. It's not your trait. Amen. Come on, ladies. We play in this movie so often. Can I hear an amen from the girls in the house? You know, the devil can't wait to stop your voice. The devil can't wait for you to not to walk like he walks. The devil can't wait to close your eyes, to not see those that need you around them. He cannot wait to stop you. But don't end up as the Judas. End up as any one of these other people that chose Christ right to the end. Amen? Don't end your life sitting on a chair. End your life running with the DNA of Christ in your veins this morning. Jesus Christ never strived to look good. He simply was good. 
You don't have to strive to look good. You have the DNA in your veins to look good. Jesus simply was good. He did not work at appearing truthful. Jesus was truth. You have truth running in your veins this morning. He did not strive to be humble. He was humble. I don't put on humility. By God's grace, I will walk in humility. He did not struggle with a good reputation. He had character. Character. Jesus healed the one who arrested him. He served the one that betrayed him for three years. And he loved the world that crucified him. That is our Jesus. He's one of a kind. He's one of a kind. In conclusion, Psalm 121 verse 5 and 7 says, The Lord is your shade at your right hand, and He will lead your life. When you go into any situation, you can say, Belinda, the DNA of Almighty God is running in your veins. That means you cannot be disconnected from Jesus. You cannot be disconnected from His love. You cannot be disconnected from who He is. It's running in your veins. You are what God says you are. You have what God says you have. And you can do what God says you can do. If these disciples can finish strong and choose their master in the end, so can you. Did they have many excuses to run away? Yes. Did their strengths give them an excuse? Yes. Did their weaknesses even give them an excuse to run? Yes. But you know what? They chose not to run into their strengths or into their weaknesses. They chose to run into the arms of Jesus and end their life in eternity, standing for what they believed was right. Remind yourself that God and you are a majority. When you walk into any situation, you and God, You've got this. As ladies, I'm telling you, when we walk into any situation, we can walk as mighty women of God, knowing that God loves us and is right there with us as we walk into our worlds. Amen? Ladies, you can raise mighty men and women because you have the DNA of Christ on the inside of you and you see the DNA of Christ on the inside of them. Start reminding them who sits inside of their veins. Amen? When our children want to go under, we say, no devil, my child will not go under. My child is going over because the DNA of my God is not just running through my veins. Guess what? It's running through those veins as well. If the school phones you and tells you your child is slow, look at that child and say, I prophesy and I declare that you're going over and not under. The God Almighty is fighting for you. You are going to be a success. You are a success. You were born a success. Amen. I'm telling you, God is raising up a generation of lions and lionesses to take the kingdom to the world and to end strong. This is a great example to you to show you that you can end strong. Amen. Remember, you and God are the majority. You are one of a kind created for success. You are wired in a unique way and the creator of the universe is inside of you. As you walk with Jesus, I prophesy, I prophesy, I prophesy. As you walk with Jesus, Jesus is walking with you this morning. 
Amen. As you clap your hands this morning, the DNA of Christ on the inside of you is clapping His hands this morning in Jesus' mighty name. As you lift your voice and scream the name of Jesus this morning, every single cell in your body is screaming the name of Jesus this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I prophesy and I declare that as you walk, you will walk like those with a difference. You will know you are uniquely put together and you will go out into this world and be who you were called to be. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. Once you know who you are in Christ, you will know that you are one of a kind. Once you know who you are in Christ, you will know you are one of a kind. You will speak boldly, you will walk boldly, and live a life for the kingdom. The question is, are you going to step up to who you were created to be? Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.